Welcome to Community Colleges Australia's Season 2 podcast on governance and business management. I'm Emma Lancaster. In this episode, we're going to focus on CEO transition, how to manage your transition to CEO, implement your transition plan, and lead an inherited team. The transition from one CEO to another is a critical moment in any organisation. And in this episode, you'll hear from those who've done it before and done it successfully. My name is David Mackay. I'm the CEO of Tugra Lakes Community College, uh, known as TLK Community College on the Central Coast. My name's Joanne Martin. I'm the CEO of the Central Coast Community College. And David Martin, Western Riverina Community College. We'll also hear about how to deal with the ghosts of CEOs past, what you should focus on in your first three to six months, and tips on how to deal with being in one of the loneliest positions in the organisation. Chief Executive Officer. So, how does a new CEO get off to a great start? First off, we hear from Ty Wiggins, the Principal of Converge Consulting, an expert in leadership development. Ty is a sessional lecturer at Wollongong University Sydney Business School and has just completed a thesis on the factors that promote and inhibit success in leadership transitions. So Ty, does a CEO transition have to be painful? I know some CCA CEOs that I've spoken to have said that if it's not painful, then you're asleep. What are your thoughts on this? I don't think it has to be painful. I think the reality is for most it is painful. You know, going to CEO is one of the significant leadership changes because it's one of the areas where you pick up multiple functions. So where if you go from a finance manager to a CFO, you're staying within a discipline. Going to CEO or general manager now means you're responsible for all of the functions. There's just a lot to learn and there's a lot of changes that CEOs go through to be successful. And change in most cases is uncomfortable at best. It's a nice way of putting it. What do you think is the best way to manage a transition from old CEO to new CEO? In terms of how we transition from the old one out uh, it's difficult, you know, in the, a lot of the colleges I've experienced, the parting CEO tends to stay around much longer than you would see in corporate. So that poses some challenges around who the, the shift of power. So now that I'm in charge with the old boss who've been here for a number of years is still here, um, does make it difficult. I think having a clear line of uh, transition is important. Um, you know, this is the date. Um, ideally getting the former CEO to be far less visible or out of the business is ideal. And from the incoming CEO point of view, um, planning the first three to six months has proven to be a key promoter of success in terms of managing a CEO transition. So what are the kind of key milestones or things that a CEO should be thinking about? They're a new CEO, they've got the first three to six months ahead of them. What should they be thinking? One of the things they should be focused on is that the first three months in a new role will be mostly based around learning the organisation and the people. Uh, It's not expected for many CEOs to make dramatic changes in that first three months. We refer to it often as um, discovery, decision and then action in terms of those three-month period. It takes some time to get around the history and the legacy of the organisation And the action that CEOs should be taking in those first three months should really be corrective only. Um, If something's on fire, let's get to it and organise it, but let's not make wide-sweeping changes. 
Um, that being said, trying to identify some early wins is always valuable. What are the little things that are barriers to productivity or barriers to engagement that I can adjust or change? Uh, and thirdly, having a consistent message, not dissimilar to a politician. You know, what is the key theme or the key spiel for the first three months? What am I going to focus on? What am I going to do? What am I trying to do with the organisation is important. So then what are some common blockers or inhibitors to success for a new CEO? Not making the adjustment to the new role and sticking to some of the activities that have brought them success in the past is one of those. Um, every time you progress to a new level in the organisation, some of the former strengths can become weaknesses and you have to adopt new behaviours and new uh, skills in order to be successful. So um, if someone, as an example, if someone is a former accountant or CFO, relying on the numbers heavily and not the people interaction can be a bit of a downfall as people progress through the CEO. Now, do you have any suggestions when it comes to the best way to manage a CEO transition? Is there anything that you've learnt through your five years with CCA that you could share with others? Challenges for college CEOs is really the relationship with the board and with the incumbent staff. So my suggestion would be in the first three months to spend good time with the board, getting clarity about what is expected from them. A change in CEO often changes the requirements or the direction of the college. So getting clear on what that looks like from a board's perspective is very important. And then, you know, working with the staff that have been there for some time about engaging them in planning process so that you can actually glean from them what they think should be done within the college in those first three months is, is really important. Because if you haven't got the support of the staff and the support of the board, your chances of success are very, very low. That kind of brings us nicely to the idea of leading an inherited team. Do you have any advice on how you do that and how you do it successfully? Picking up an inherited team is a real challenge in all organisations. And the challenge varies depending on whether you've come from within that team. So are you now managing former peers or whether you've come in brand new and these are people that you don't know at all? Um, there's always you know, this concept of the ghost, which is the former CEO um, and how they did things and what the staff liked and didn't like which you know, can be brought to bear in terms of difficult conversations early. The difficult thing for CEOs especially is that you can't be successful without the right team. So in those first three months, it's normally expected that CEO will make assessments of the team, both on skill and on attitude, and try to work out, is this the team that will enable me to do what I think needs to be done within this new role? A challenge within the colleges is you have some really long-standing employees um, and in some of the regional areas, you have a smaller pool to recruit from. So being able to change the team is, is difficult. Spending time with them one-on-one, -on -one, listening far more than you're talking in that early period, trying to understand what's really driving them um, and trying to engage them by allowing them to be, uh, to offer suggestions in terms of what changes should be made is, does help in terms of the inherited team. Being CEO is often termed one of the loneliest positions in any organisation. It's very, very difficult um, because you don't know who to turn to and you don't know the agendas and you know the direction for a lot of people early in that transition. So find some support, be it internal or external, someone to bounce some things off is, is very helpful. And understand that even though you're in charge, 
no one necessarily needs you to make dramatic changes or decisions straight away. It generally takes CEOs three to six months before they can actually just come up for air and go, okay, I think I understand what's going on here. And it's not dissimilar in the college. Now, if you've come from within the college, you will have inevitably thought about things that you would change when you became CEO or if you were CEO. My warning there is do that cautiously and slowly because whenever you ascend to that next level, you see that there are more factors to play. Um, so coming in with the, this is what I do when I'm in charge, can sometimes be very detrimental. Now it's time to hear from those at the coalface. Joanne Martin is a part-time CEO. She leads the Central Coast Community College and has extensive leadership, strategy development and governance experience. Prior to onboarding as CEO three years ago, she worked in a number of roles, including in small business, director's roles and as a corporate executive in finance, water and both public and private sectors. She shares what it's like to transition to CEO from outside the sector. I've been a CEO and at the college for nearly three years now. And I think I'm just starting to understand um, the business itself. So it's been a, a reasonably, le- reasonably lengthy transition, but I think that's about how long it takes to really understand the nature of the business coming in from outside the industry. And so you came from outside. What was your background prior to that? Uh, my background is finance, um, but I have worked in HR and I have worked in IT and other corporate services. I didn't have an education background, but I had been on the board of another training college previously. So I had definitely had an interest in lifelong learning and uh, the community college sector had a real, was a real draw for me. I guess you said you've had this kind of three-year transition in a way. I'm not sure if that you've been transitioning that whole time, but I'm keen for you to kind of explain to us, were there any promoters or enablers to the success that you had in your transition? So was there anything that happened or that you did in order to kind of have that smooth transition? CCA, being a member of Community Colleges Australia, our peak body, was definitely an enabler and being able to network with uh, other CEOs who were both new to the, the role and had been in the role, their roles for you know, longer periods of time, but just getting the opportunity to talk to them and pick their brains and ask questions and you know, understand that everyone had you know, problems. It wasn't always smooth sailing, but learning from them, just the specific nature of the, the business was invaluable. Were there any inhibitors or blockers to your success? Having not been in vocational education before, not worked in vocational education, not being a trainer, not being an educator, I think it was an inhibitor, but it also provided an opportunity to ask questions that people may not have ordinarily asked if they'd come from the sector or had experience in that industry. So I think there's pros and cons to everything, but I think... It was a prohibitor because the language is very specific. The funding guidelines are really complex. Um, the nature of the industry, the background, the history of the, of the, of the industry uh, are quite extensive. So just not having exposure to that industry previously was probably a bigger gap than I you know, originally envisaged it would be. Are there things you think that the chair and the board can do of your organisation? to help with that transition period? I 
think it depends on who your directors are. My board also had no um, educational, vocational education background or experience. So we were all on a, a steep learning curve. It was a new board um, and new CEO when I became CEO. So it's difficult for me to answer that question. If directors do have a, a background in, in vocational education, it could um, be a benefit, but again, it could be a con. So um, I think the board really just need to work with the CEO on the business aspects and, and the strategic thinking and direction and governance aspects as opposed to being operational. And I think your reliance on the team and the team that um, uh, you know are, are in place when you start in your role are probably more critical than your board. I think board for the, the business sort of process side of things and governance side of things, but from the operational side of things, I think the team that you uh, work with when you start in the role are the critical inputs for you, as well as, like I said, if you've got if there's peers that you can engage with to to get some of that higher level support and and um, knowledge, then I think that's a that's a great pairing. The board, and it could be just my individual experience, but I think the board probably you're better off having them not so involved in the operational side of it and, and giving you support more from the governance aspect. I want to play a bit of a hypothetical and just say someone was taking over your role tomorrow, not that that's happening, but what advice would you give uh, someone taking over your role and how would you encourage that successful transition? I did have an ex-director say to me, Joe, follow the funding. Make sure you understand the funding and I think you really need to understand the numbers in the business and I do have the succession plan so the person who will take over my role at some point doesn't like numbers and, and has had a real blocker around numbers and is really scared of numbers and I've been working with that person over um, you know my time just to encourage them as well as all the other team members to understand the numbers in relation to what story it tells them about the business so it's critical that people understand the underlying numbers. Joe, are there any kind of final thoughts or pearls of wisdom that you could share on uh, succeeding through a CEO transition? Be patient. Uh, I'm very impatient. I'm very results oriented. I'm quite driven. Um, and I think I expected um, to, to understand um, my business a lot sooner than I did uh, but I did I had a deliberate uh, strategy for myself to not try and rush and just to tr give myself time to you know immerse myself in the business and really understand what was going on by listening to my team and, and engaging with peers uh, but it still did take me a little bit longer than I probably initially thought and when I say it's taken three years to transition um, I am being a little bit uh, liberal there but I really feel like it's only now that I really understand the business. And it's been it's been a fantastic learning journey for me and I think also for my team to bring me along as well with all their individual inputs has helped the whole team um, succeed and, and help us to be where we are today. Now we're going to hear from David Mackay. 
He was appointed Chief Executive Officer of Tugra Lakes Community College in 2011. David brings with him a wealth of industry knowledge, with over 20 years' experience in education and training management. His career has included both public and private sectors. You became a CEO in 2011. Uh, Can you cast your mind back and uh, can you recall, were there any promoters or enablers to success that occurred in your transition to CEO? Well, I was known to the board and the staff of the college, so that helped in establishing clear communication from the start. And I took with that an undertaking to understand clearly the full requirements of the role and what I needed to learn. Because in any role, you can come well prepared, but there's always gaps. So I had to try and find where those gaps were and do some speed learning uh, in, in as quickly as possible. And I held individual meetings with staff to listen to their views uh, on and what I was about and where possible future directions may, may lie. Uh, and then worked on gaining a clear picture of where the organisation was currently at and the direction it needed to go in. And that included culture, staff, job roles, and working on a plan for any gaps. And I did get some support from the board in this process. And um, then it was about putting together a plan to move forward uh, fairly quickly. So then what were the inhibitors or were there any blockers for you? I guess you've had some time to reflect about eight years. Um, So, yeah, can you can you recall any? Well, I think. At that, at that time, the organisation was going through a lot of change. It was The environment was changing. Funding models were changing. So one of the inhibitors was that the, the, the organisation itself may not have been as ready as it could have been, and there was a need to look at systems and processes and right staff and right job. So transitioning that part of the organisation was in itself an inhibitor because you needed to get on top of what the job required, but also recognise there was a need uh, to change in terms of how we did things, our systems, our processes, even our policies and procedures. And is there any advice then for how you did that, how you kind of met that challenge? Well, I think it was about uh, doing a lot of listening initially and uh, reviewing how current systems are working and how uh, we can move to a team, a stronger team approach where staff had ownership and responsibility for roles uh, and, and basically moving to a more empowered workplace. Is there anything you'd do differently if you had this transition again? Well, I think if I was uh, doing this transition again, I would try to improve organisational systems sooner if I could and look for a business confident preferably in a similar role much earlier because that would assist me in terms of perhaps industrial aspects of the role uh, and working through and looking at best practice systems and models that, that, that we could look, look at applying to and also not being afraid to uh, spend a little bit or invest in uh, expertise, including even tender writers, tendering writers for if you're going for contracts or looking for funding, because um, you can be trying to do too much at, at once when you first start. Finally, joining us today is David Martin. 
his transition to CEO of the Western Riverina Community College occurred almost 15 years ago. And to begin with, it was a bit of a bumpy ride. Here he is talking about his experience and what he's learnt along the way. I guess that I'd walked into an organisation where it had been a fair amount of, I guess, trauma. You know, it had been close to probably being insolvent. And the board who were there at the time had actually probably worked really hard in terms of turning things around. And, um, you know, there, there was a thought that there was more money than there actually was. Uh, you know, and fines to tax department for not paying certain things. So it was kind of like a bit of a rocky start. And I was the seventh organisational head, managerial head in seven years. And so that created some nervousness from the funding bodies as well. And so there was this really, not there's a real lack of continuity ultimately. And um, there were, you know, quite a few underdeveloped you know, systems and work practices that, you know, were pretty antiquated in in, anyway. So you you could kind of say I walked into as a somewhat of a founder of a new organisation because it was sort of like the new organisation had been set up by the hard work of the board in terms of improving policy procedures. But in terms of that day-to-day management, you know, the the, organisation kind of had to be reborn. And so um, I guess that, you know, I, I spent a lot of time in, in, in terms of improving practices. And, you know, I have to say that, like, you know, there were um, essentially two full-time positions in the college in those days. And I think there's like 16, you know, permanent positions in the college, you know, some 15 years later or close to 15 years later. What advice would you give then someone taking over your role tomorrow on how to successfully transition? What advice would you give them? Can I start at the board? Yeah. Yeah. So I think boards, you know, in not-for-profit organisations sometimes act with expedience, you know, and and it's kind of like, oh, no, the CEO's departed. We need to do something fast. And then they, you know, advertise for a job and then they, they appoint a person and it may not always be the right person instead of instead of perhaps waiting and, and maybe there's a period of time waiting for that right person to emerge or if it's not quite right, you know, if it doesn't feel right, it's probably not the right person to employ. And as opposed to just making an expedient decision to say we're going to put a new CEO in there and that could be, and, I, and I've seen it a number of times where, you know, there's been disastrous results um, because you know, of expedient decision-making. So if I'm hit by a bus tomorrow, that you know, I've implemented structures, you know, and um, distributed leadership in a way that people can do their work, they're empowered to do their work, but there is still a leadership group within that and you could appoint any of those leadership within that group as an interim CEO who could do the day-to-day activity and, and be well enough connected to the rest of the community college sector if they did it was something they didn't know that they could find out. So I think from that perspective, from a board perspective, you know, I think don't rush it. Make sure you get the right person. And if the feel isn't right, then it probably isn't. You know, go with go with your gut. You know, the Richard Geordie felt sense is probably pretty right. So for the new person coming in, you know, um, understanding for a new CEO working into a community college is understand the culture, get to get to know it, and like you know, don't. I think you know there are some um, there's some management theory 
you know, that would talk about other things, you know, about changing things around and, you know, as soon as you get there and put your stamp on things, which are lots of different ways you can do that. But, you know, if you've got this culture that's working towards it, that, you know, I think that, the, and, the, and the culture is really positive, why, why change it? This series is produced for Community Colleges Australia by Heaps Good Media, engineered by Miles Martignoni and produced and presented by me, Emma Lancaster. Next time on the Community Colleges Australia podcast, we look at strategic planning, why clarity is so important and how to engage your board in the strategic planning process. This podcast has been made with funding from the New South Wales Department of Industry to assist the leadership capabilities of adult and community education organisations. You can find the full list of episodes for Season 2 on governance and business management at cca.edu.au. And while you're there, don't forget to check out our first season podcast that's all about the ins and outs of corporate governance, made specifically for the adult education sector. Thanks for listening.